You're listening to Take the Money and Run. I can't place that villain. Wait, is it the Joker? You're within the same universe, Mr. Barracat. The Riddler? No, it's the Joker for sure. It was Um, okay, okay. (laughs) Introduce a little anarchy. Upset the established order. And everything becomes chaos. Now I, the Joker, of course, am an agent of chaos. (laughs) Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's fair. I mean, I guess I could go into the why so serious and do you, you want to know how I got these scars. Have you, have you been practicing but, uh, that? All day. Okay. I told you, I've been up since 7 working on this. Well, it's... it's I literally have, hobby. like, a... I had a script for this one. Really? That's... Well, it, because his quote was about, like, introducing anarchy, upsets the order, and then, like, everything turns into chaos, and chaos ends up being very fair in the end. It ended up being so topical on today's topic. All right, well, what is today's topic? But, That's uh, a good segue. Well, today's today's topic on another episode of Take the Money and Run. <laughs> Take the because money and run. We're actually recording an episode right now. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're your hosts so if you're I'm, still I'm, listening. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody is. But yeah, I'm right. James Degro. I'm Will Barricat. And, and um, today's episode is about. Um, huh? Oh, I said, and, and there are accomplices, our, our fearless listeners. Oh. Hello, accomplices. Hello, Welcome accomplices. back. I hope you. Uh, stuck with us in this extended break but i'm basically too depressed to function so <laughs> yeah i'm anyway, just busy um so we're gonna take a little time traveling little uh globe trotting right we're gonna go back to 1949 we're gonna go all the way down to ecuador um capital city of ecuador is this city called quito Quito. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about this guy. His name is Leonardo Paez. Um, he lives in the capital city of Quito. Uh, Quito at the time was a small city of about 250,000 people. Um, 
pretty much everybody, even like people that were interviewed from back then that are still alive, described the city as like very calm. Um, uh, in Sp everything's in Spanish, so tranquilo is calm, you know, relaxed. Um, that's how they described it. So tranquilo. Leonardo Paez is tranquilo. He's like the art director, quote unquote, or basically like the program director, leader of this um, radio station called Radio or Radio Quito. Um, it's the most popular radio station in the city of Quito, and um, the building it's in also housed uh, the main newspaper of the area, El Comercio. Um, so they're both in like this four-story uh, building downtown called the Comercio Building. Um, so in, in an attempt to like do something new and exciting on the air, um, Paez ended up coming across a script for Orson Welles' version of H.G. Welles' War of the Worlds, which you're familiar with. I am. You Very familiar. Um, One of the original so classic sci-fi stories. Oh man, just for the just for the accomplices listening, um, Orson Welles was well, he's a famous author. You should read everything of his. But he was um, the innovator behind the um, American War of the World scare uh, that started in New Jersey like eleven years earlier. And yeah, that's, well, why don't we get into a... that for our for our accomplices who aren't as historically versed as ourselves? That is why I have an asterisk here because uh, I don't have really too many notes for it because it's a pretty well-known story and um, ooh, excuse me, it's crazy. Yeah, basically, <laughs> they they took this story, War of the Worlds, which was about Martians coming down to Earth, and sucking the blood out of humans as like a food source and trying to take over and like colonize our planet but they'd evolved be like they'd eradicated diseases on their planet for so long that they didn't even think about that right. and ended up killing them but they put it out over the radio as like as if it was really happening they adapted it to a script and and broadcast it like oh my god these aliens are coming down and they're you know all this craziness is happening like and they didn't have a disclaimer oh, that it wasn't god. real or anything they broadcast it as though it were really happening and people like went crazy and fucking killed themselves and just general mayhem and hijinks Hold ensued on. i'm gonna stop you all right because because in my research of this i found some cool cool ooh, um, ooh. okay um, okay thoughts about um, so, so yeah, so, so there actually was, Orson Welles came on the air at, you know, whatever time this program was supposed to start and said, you know, this, uh, this is an adaptation of the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, blah, 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 something, 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 and, you know, and then they started going into, like, the musical act that they had, you know, quote-unquote scheduled that night um but what happened was there was a super pop like the most popular radio station um had 
basically thousands of listeners at this time slot and the people listened to that the majority of people listening to the radio because at this time obviously in 1938 there's no television or anything like that um i don't think and so everybody's sitting around listening to the radio and they're listening to this other station and this other station all of a sudden says all right now at your you know regularly programmed schedule we're going to be bringing you so and so and it happens to be this person that like the majority like this musical act that a lot of people find super annoying and irritating so about seven minutes into that program the music starts that's when a large fraction of the listeners to that radio show start you know tuning their radios to find something else and they okay. come across the the music that was being broadcast from Orson Welles so they never got to hear the beginning where it said this is oh so they actually a broadcast play of public. okay so they just assumed it was they, real they right everybody assumed it was real when they heard it okay. for the most part because um, I, I, also, I, had heard, I also heard something kind of in the... Huh? Oh, I, I had heard that they made it sound intentionally like it was actually happening. But, I mean, that's kind of on people, too, for being dumb. They change the channel and hear this crazy shit about aliens. And they're just like, oh, it's real. Let's panic. Well, that's, that's what somebody said was nowadays, you know, if MSNBC was reporting on a... Martian invasion in Trenton, New Jersey, all you would have to do is flip a channel over to CNN or Fox News and see that they're not reporting it, and then you'd be like, what's going on here? That's kind of how I feel about every time Fox News reports something about some kind of caravan approaching us. But, <laughs> so, the, the, oh, I mean, I spent at least 45 minutes today just listening to the original broadcast you can find plenty of videos on youtube of the audio it's about an hour long oh it's pretty good and the, oh it's spectacular i mean it'll give you goosebumps and you'll find yourself kind of slipping in and thinking like oh wow this is real and then no it's not because it's not but the sound effects the voice acting um they had kind of like localized um you know the areas of attack to be like real places outside of Trenton, New Jersey, and um, the way they were explaining it. Uh, accomplices, please go and listen to the some of the audio. If anything, I would say listen to some of the audio when the well, how do I? Uh, okay, so the audio, <laughs> the alien invasion in the broadcast starts as um interruptions in the music and they'll come in and just be like uh this is a you know live update from blah 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 news uh sorry for the interruption but the national aeronautics and space agency has been reporting uh, regularly intervaled explosions coming from the planet mars and uh you know giant clouds of hydrogen are hurling towards the earth and now back to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> and they would just go back and forth like that and keep cutting in with this. And now breaking news report, uh, eventually they start to report like live from the field 
um, quote unquote, from the field, but literally they were claiming to be in like a farmland field where this, you know, they, they started to report it as like a, a meteor or something like that. And um, they had reporters out in the field and, uh, you know, fake police officers talking in the background. They had a fake crowd to make noise. And all this is coming from a office, a recording booth up in CBS Studios building or whatever. But the way that the narration goes is that this smooth object crashes into the earth. Um, people kind of go to investigate as they get closer. Uh, it starts to like hum. It starts to illuminate. It's the, the top begins to screw off like you know like turn and screw off and open up and these little greenish gray men with weird eyes and lipless slits for mouths saliva dripping out like come you know slowly stepping out and then from there um there's sound effects of like heat rays and <laughs> crazy like um one of the best pieces of recording in the whole thing to me is the the recordings from the you know uh, so-called military um have you heard the recording well you, you, do you remember the recordings of like the the guys the artillery company no it's been a bombers, while since i listened like to the, it the aerial bombers so so they so there's that you know craft or whatever that crashes in that area in another area there's like this big mass it's like a thick black cloud and it's just kind of like overtaking like an, uh, an air force base or an army base or something like that i mean you know in the story and um they keep cutting back to and now we bring you to brigadier general so-and-so in the field and it's like uh adjust 10 degrees two degrees to the left, two, one, fire. And there's like, you know, an explosion. Sounds like an artillery shell just got launched. And then they keep doing that. But they're like, this black cloud is coming towards us. And like, you start to hear them like fade out and they're coughing and they're like, <coughs> two degrees, <coughs> fire, you know? And like, eventually that line just goes dead. And then they just switch to like a air force bomber that's targeting like things <laughs> but the record but so so the bomber is flying towards towards these you know suspected meteor things that have let out the aliens um the crafts themselves have like rose and sprouted legs and started kind of walking and basically everything's going towards new york city supposedly and i mean so the bomber is getting towards these these two things i, I mean this is just ridiculous listen to the shit that i'm saying it's yeah. so absurd why do aliens always attack new york city i don't I, I don't understand i mean i guess technically they they hit new jersey first which by all means but like it's i guess it's just like a major city center and at this point in 1938, like Hitler had just rose to power and people were starting to freak out about the Nazis and such. And World War II hadn't exactly broke out yet, I don't think. 
but it was enough that people were scared. So, yes, people were scared of aliens, but you could probably just put Nazis in that slot and people would think the same thing. They would think Germans, they would think technology, um, you know. People are waiting for something bad to happen. Glockle, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. So, so anyway, these, these, you know, suspected alien crafts start like walking towards New York City and this, this bomber, this recording of this person saying that they're a pilot of the bomber and it has like engine noise in the back too. It sounds like you're in a plane and they're getting closer and closer and they're targeting this, um, you know, giant alien being craft thing. And as they get closer, they get like, I don't know, their engines start shutting down and they basically end up kamikazeing themselves into this thing. <laughs> In the recording! This was on the air! <laughs> That's pretty wild. So, dude, it's wild. Go back and listen to it. Compasses, listen to it. It's so good. Um, so anyway, like, the dust settles, you know, quote-unquote, and, like, police stations, emergency lines and everything were just inundated that night with um, insane amounts of calls of people asking like, is the Martian invasion happening? Where can I go for safety? Such and such. And, you know. So people were legit freaking out. Stuff. Oh, people were freaking out. There's, there's, I saw another thing that said that, um, a lot of the reports of craziness about this going on were taken from the newspaper the next day. And it's almost a conspiracy against the ra- the new technology of radio. That oh, I, the yep, yep. Reported, reported all this craziness happening when really none of it, not too much of it really happened. That was but so they, they could uh, start regulating and, the airwaves, you know, right? Exactly. So, so, you know, people would say, oh, I guess we can't let, you know, we can't trust everything we hear over the radio waves. Was, was we, that we, when the, uh, definitely trust the newspapers though. Was that when the FCC was founded? That's really interesting. It very well might be. I think, I think I the FCC something founded around this time. Because of this, I think the FCC sprung out of that. Sure, it was the FCC. Yeah, so the government, because before that, anyone could have a radio station, and it was just kind of a, a, you know, like you just grab whatever wavelength you could. But then the FCC started licensing Mm -hmm. that out, and it's a big federal issue if you transmit on a, on a wavelength that you're not permitted to. And that's why we podcast. Yep. We can still spread fake news here without the man getting involved. For now. Um, so any anything else we need to talk about the main uh, 1938 American scare? So did anyone actually end did up killing themselves over it? that? Or was that all exaggerated newspaper, newspaperial hocus pocus? It's possible that it could have been that. So or thousands of people could have freaked out. So the uh, the newspaper Maybe used fake news to try and crack down on fake news on the radio. 
Yeah, entirely. Uh, that sounds about right. Quite topical. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, so we're talking about more fake news and the best transition ever. All right. Uh, two days before Paez planned to do this, like you know, World War of the Worlds radio play on the air. Um, he was pretty tight with uh, El Comercio, the newspapers, like uh, you know, main directors and stuff. So he actually convinced them to start running small articles in the newspaper about strange lights and people seeing things in the skies over Quito, like two days before. Oh, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that's how you do it. So, so yeah, he's fucking digging in. Um, so yeah, so then I, I, yeah, so, so we talked about this and I, and I brought it up as a Ecuadorian Halloween scare, but then I found out that it didn't happen in ho on, around Halloween. Like the American one happened on October 30th. This one happened on Saturday, February 12th, 1949. Um, uh, radio ads uh, were being aired all day for a musical performance by a, a musical duo um, called Benitez Valencia. Um, Benitez Valencia is like one of the most popular musical acts in the area. Um, people love them. Um, so they ran ads all day, just commercials like, you know, tune in tonight at eight o'clock for Benitez Valencia and blah, 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 only on Radio Quito. And um, so after, so, okay, so that night, eight o'clock rolls around. Um, Paez comes on air along with um, another co-host and they introduce uh, Benitez Valencia. Um, Benitez Valencia plays a few songs, uh, just like the you know, the regular uh, 1938 American broadcast. Um, a little different though, um, a strange interference noise starts to kind of like interrupt the broadcast while the music's playing. Um, after like a couple minutes of this, uh, the music stops and um, the show's host uh, apologizes for the you know, sound interference, but he actually blames it on like strange atmospheric conditions um, interfering with the signal, uh, but uh, they go right back to the broadcast. Uh, Benito Valencia, only on Radio Quito, and um, a few more songs go by, and then uh, the announcer breaks in, like freaking out. He's you know, newsflash. Uh, so Paez is quote unquote reporting from the field uh, now because he traveled that fast. But yeah, he's claiming to be in a local community just outside of the city to the north called Koto Kayao. Um, from this point on, um, the broadcast closely mirrors the 1938 American broadcast. Um, Paez had gone as far as getting voice actors known for like their impressions of high-ranking local officials. He even had like a very convincing fake mayor. Um, that's and, pretty uh, uh emergency dude this guy crosses t's dotted the i's yeah that's getting that's he getting into am ambiguous officials. territory too well it gets a little hectic all right all right i like it i like it 
Um, uh, oh, I guess I wrote this twice. I said from here <laughs> again. I said from here on, the broadcast closely resembles, um, closely follows the same script. You know, it's just localized. You know, they're talking about the aliens landed in Coco Callao. There's the big um, black mass cloud that's uh, wreaking havoc at the military bases in La Pacuña. Um, the locals in Quito, you know, the people listening to the radio station, which is the vast majority of people in, in, in the city, um, begin to fucking freak out. <laughs> Introduce a little chaos or a little anarchy and you upset the established order. Chaos begins to ring. Yes. So, as thousands of people pour out of their homes and into the streets, no one knows where the fuck to run because the main attack was in Copacayao on the north side, and then the thick black cloud was moving in from the south, fucking with the military. Um, locals in the streets were actually further emboldened in their terror when they see columns of military trucks and heavy weapons, soldiers followed by police, firefighters, screaming up the road north to go fight the Martians in Koto Kayao. Now, were these guys in on because it, or did they just hear it on the radio? No. They heard it on the radio. Dude. And went to go confront actual Martians. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, you gotta give them credit. They heard that, and they're horrible. like... They're they're willing to throw down and go fight the Martians. I mean, that's that's pretty. Uh, kudos to them. They didn't run. So what happened to the first guy that they saw? He got vaporized. Let's yeah. <laughs> and they're they're still gonna go get um, some. I like it. So, um, obviously, uh, well, the locals uh, distraught over their impending doom. Um, the masses in the streets turn to the only option that they feel that they have left. Do you have any idea? Mass riot and pandemonium? They turn to God, which is basically the same. Yeah. So, so they turn to God because this is uh, South America, Ecuador. It's heavily, heavily Catholic population. Um, so they start storming all the churches in the city. Um, possibly for safety, but most definitely for salvation. Um, reports from that night indicate that uh, priests were like standing outside of their church, you know, with thousands of people in the street, and they were just performing mass confessions um, so their congregations could get right with God before they died because the priests thought this was happening too. Um, it sounds like a very cathartic community over- activity. <laughs> so it gets better dude so um, men were uh, openly confessing their infidelities while standing next to their wives um, neighbors were admitting to stealing from their other neighbors within earshot of said neighbors um, it's you know, fucking crazy it would uh, be really awkward if it turned out if it turned out not to be an, uh, an alien invasion, this would probably be a really awkward next day. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> get some next day. <laughs> so, as per the original broadcast, it's revealed at the end to be a hoax. 
Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I have it written down at the end, but his name was Luis Beltran. Um, he's the last guy on the air. So he's telling everybody, it's just a hoax, you know, it's just whatever. Uh, the, the fear and the terror turns to straight anger and rage. <laughs> so Some people can't take the a crowds, joke. Uh, dude, do you know what they do? I'm guessing they go fucking lynch him or they, something. They storm the radio station. Like you do. And raid and storm the El Comercio building. Like you do. Um, this is a, a tiny little factoid that ties in, but um, there was a boxing match uh, in the main plaza of Quito. And after the boxing match was over, um, one of the boxers pulls up in front of the commercial building in a pickup truck and it's full of rocks <laughs> oh, 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 oh yes so the crowd the fucking crowd starts picking up these rocks and just hurling them at the commercial building and they're shattering windows and fucking you know losing their minds um at some point uh some people in the crowd start producing torches <laughs> it's not a mob until the torches, torches come produce... out. Did they no, have? Did they it's have not a mob works? until you're until you're throwing copies of the newspaper back into the burning building. <laughs> Ooh boy! To fuel the fire more. These people are so pissed off. <laughs> so, um, so the people produce the torches, gasoline. They're throwing piles of newspaper at the building. And they set fire to the building with about 50 people still inside. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I mean, it, it's kind um, of amazing. Most of the people um, inside the besieged commercial building actually ended up making their way to the roof and managed to jump safely um, onto adjacent buildings. I guess you can do that if you're about to burn to death. Yep. Um, Reports vary, uh, but figures are anywhere from 6 to 25 people died due to the chaos in Quito that night. All right. Um, so, like I said before, Luis Beltran was the last person on the air that night. Um, he took part in the radio broadcast, you know, and he was even one of the ones that helped cut in at a couple times and do, like, news flashes. Um, By the time that the building was being destroyed, he realized that you know he was in great danger. Um, he actually began pleading over the air uh, to police and firefighters, emergency personnel, and stuff to come help him out of or you know the building's on fire. Somebody fucking you know come help us. And um, the problem was that. The police and firefighters, military, uh, were on the other side of town confronting the Martians. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of sad, but in a final act of desperation, uh, Luis abandons, you know, jumps off the mic. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say jump off the mic, but um, he abandons the station and ends up jumping from the fourth floor. Uh, he jumps down onto a fully engulfed in flames second floor balcony. Um, he 
uh, as he's falling, he reaches out to try and break his fall on this railing on the balcony, but um, the railing was so hot from the flames that when his hands touched it, it kind of like seared his skin and flesh, and he kept falling, but his skin hands stayed on the railing <laughs> like a grill. Um, so I, from there, um, this guy's, this guy's engulfed in flames and he just had his hands burned off basically. Uh, he jumps off the second floor balcony to the ground, but only after pleading with the crowd to please catch me, please catch me. And they say, fuck you. <laughs> and he hits the cement and he breaks a bunch of bones. He's got fucking intense, intense burns all over his body. Um, the crowd is still so fucking pissed off. They're actually starting to fight with each other on whether to quote unquote, let him die in peace or other people were physically trying to throw him back into the burning building. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Um, at some point, a bystander picks him up and throws him into their Jeep and takes Louis straight to the hospital. He actually ends up surviving. No shit. Um, yeah. So, uh, Back to our friend Leonardo Paez, this is the coordinator of this insanity. Um, program director and newly ordained radio terrorist. Um, <laughs> he was one of the people that actually made it to the roof and escaped to the adjacent building. Um, afterwards, he hid out for a few days uh, because this dude's wanted. <laughs> Not only wanted by officials and people that'll put you in jail but like wanted by people that just want to tear you limb from limb yeah so he's he's waiting for uh, the heat to cool down he hit out for a few days and then defects to venezuela um never to return to quito or ecuador ever again yeah um, yeah that's kind uh, of the what you gotta do um his nephew and his girlfriend were among the six to 25 people dead so he got fucked um by the time police and firefighters actually made it to the burning commercial building only the front facade was still standing everything else was just burnt to the ground um crowds finally dispersed after being confronted by military tanks and lots and lots of tear gas um radio quito executives were indicted including the fugitive Paez. Um, overall, uh, the incident caused about $350,000 in damages, which is an insane amount of money for that time. Um, and then, uh, of course, rumors of lawsuits and divorces um, circulated after the mass confessions the night before. <laughs> yeah, the, the social fallout probably lasted for quite a while on that one. But um, that is, uh, that's uh, Ecuadorian War of the Worlds, Radio Quito edition. <laughs> that's freaking rad. Dude, after, after I was like getting into the, to the New Jersey American War of the Worlds and finding out like maybe it was kind of like trumped up the next day by the newspapers, to hear about this one where shit hit the fan and didn't stop 
hitting said fan for a couple hours. Well, they it was re, uh, reassuring. They definitely did better. Still rain. They 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 ratcheted they up the reality. They did some laid some groundwork for it over the previous few days, like. They got the whole military tricked and like emergency services into responding to the alien incident. That was, that's just a much better. They, they didn't even tell. They, they didn't even tell some of the people that were on the air that night what they were going to be talking about. So like some of the people on the air were getting these reports and being like, "Wait, are you serious right now?" They thought they were actually. Those were the real reports. Yeah. That's pretty the badass. The worst part about this whole thing, aside from loss of human life, I guess, um, although we're very overpopulated as a planet. Um, yeah, and they're South Americans. Is, they count for like quarter one anyway. <laughs> is that because the building was burnt to the ground, um, there are no recordings of this broadcast. Oh, no. That and, is the real tragedy here. Yep, it's the fucking worst. Um, it's just interviews with people that were there. Um, I got uh, today's sources include uh, history.com. I think I got an article from the Huffington Post that was pretty good. And um, just, yeah, listening to the original broadcast on YouTube was pretty intriguing. Um, but, uh, oh, okay, I found out about this story via... Um, Radio Lab. I don't know if anybody listens to that. It's a podcast. It's very good. Um, but they were talking about like the you know the original War of the Worlds, and then they stopped halfway through the episode and they're like, "So do you think this ever happened again?" <laughs> and you know it was a live podcast recording, so like people in the audience raised their hands or whatever, and they're like, "Well, if you don't think that this could ever happen again, why do you think we have forty minutes left of the podcast?" <laughs> Apparently, it happened again up in Buffalo in 68 or 69. All right. Um, people were freaking out all along the eastern seaboard. But, uh, I, I mean, at the same time, there were people in um, Quito that heard the broadcast, recognized the similarities to the American broadcast, and said, oh, this is kind of fun, <laughs> and went to bed. And they got up the next morning, went to church, like you, you do, and uh, you know, walked by the burned out shell of the El Comercio building <laughs> and the riot the night before. Uh, just that's how you do a Saturday night. Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, <laughs> I was pretty excited about trying to maybe do a heist, but honestly, I would rather do one of these. We need to convince somebody that like the Chinese are invading Seattle. Yeah, I was, oh, I completely forgot I spaced, but I was going to break in with news alerts in this episode, and I completely forgot. Oh, that would have been <laughs> yeah, awesome. But I, I know, I was just going to be like, I was just going to be like, whoa, holy shit, dude, did you just get this notification on your phone that uh, Donald Trump just executed 6,000 Mexicans over the Mexican border? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Back to this reg regularly scheduled episode of Take the Money and Run. And then I would come back and be like, oh my god, the entire state of Mexico is coming over the border and taking all of our jobs. So let's go freak out, burn the radio station. 
Yeah. Um, Go burn down your local taco truck. But, uh, I mean, the Chinese could invade. Chinese could invade. Never know. Yeah, you never... They are. They're just doing it very slowly. Methodically. Mmm. They're listening to everything we're saying. I mean, have you tried to drive around the barrier uh, lately? I'm just going to plead the fifth. You know what I say is true. You know what I say is true. In my experiences, believe it or not, I think Connecticut and Kansas and the worst people on the face of the earth when it comes to driving. Oh, I was just talking about sheer numbers. Oh, well, true. Yeah. I've I've never driven to Kansas though. We what, quite outnumbered. Why would you Why would you go to Kansas? I drove through. I I just drove through through through. You're supposed to and, go around. Um, it was noticeable. Yeah. It was noticeable, dude. I was like, "Whoa, this is terrible." These people. Uh, so I don't think I've um, ever met anyone anyway, from Kansas. In case there's any accomplices in Kansas. I don't think I've ever met someone from Kansas who didn't in believe in any... aliens. <laughs> um, Kansas. Let's talk about Kansas. Oh, that's right. That's because Kansas is a big part of our next topic that we're going to talk about. Ooh. Kansas. I'm now excited. I'm thinking about it. Damn, I'm good. I tie my shit together. I don't even fucking know. Cool. Well, you want to wrap it up there now that we've got a but, nice segue? Uh, yeah, I think I think that'll be good. Um, I guess I got to do the housekeeping. Um, thanks everybody, accomplices and the like, for listening to another episode of Take the Money and Run. Um, I'm James Degro, and uh, oh, I'm I'm Will Bearcat. And... Give, give us like a review yeah, or course. a rating, or download our thing, or go commit a really violent heist that we can do a cool podcast about. If there's there's another podcast I listen to that says, you know what, if you're gonna go out and do something crazy, write a journal. <laughs> yeah, write a journal so we can cover it in this this episode. Yeah, leave, um, but, <laughs> live stream uh, that shit. Yeah, follow us on Instagram or fucking whatever. It's at Take the Money Pod. Oh, uh, I'll post some pictures and shit about media and um, shit. aliens and keto. But uh. Yeah, rate and review, even though we don't put out content very often. Uh, I, I'm really, really wondering, why are those reviews so serious? Just send it, send it there. All right, yeah, I'll, I, I'm, I'm trying to, where's the thing that stops?